Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to look at. Did you happen to glance at the screen today? You may have had to clean the glasses thinking you might not have seen what you were seeing. And we're going to talk about what's going on with corn. As our guest today says, it was in the driver's seat for the grains. Don't forget, we've got an S&D report out. That comes out on Thursday. Markets are closed on Friday for Good Friday. And Heather Ramsey joins us with the ARC Group. And Heather, I can say, wow, it kind of feels like a normal trade feel today <laughs> i would agree with you um kind of feels like normal <laughs> with we were talking ahead of this with everything being as up in the air as it's been in the last couple of weeks um what a breath of fresh air to a look outside and realize things are happening like they normally would be happening right now um, the market today kind of behave like we would normally expect it to behave during a holiday week um, with the holiday and the report coming, traders evening up things. And so that was actually putting some positive um, numbers on the screen here today. Obviously, livestock was crazy. Um, I mean, the volatility on livestock for the last two weeks has just been insane. But to have a limit up day on that sector of the markets and then turn around and have corn actually lead the way between um, the grain and the soy complex was kind of interesting. Um, you know, seeing nearby stuff on corn up anywhere from four and a half um, new crop up somewhere in the neighborhood of three, three and a quarter or something like that. It doesn't sound like a lot, but any positive movement on corn is something we should all just be taken and feeling blessed while we do it. Uh, beans were also able to put in a little bit of a gain today. Not anything crazy by any means. Um, wheat kind of being the one one little drag on the screen here, but um, for the most part, it felt like a pretty positive day when you look at all the outside factors as well. Um, just really great to feel like this is kind of the this is the reaction that trade should have on a day like today with a week that we've got got coming for this week. So what seemed to be the fueling factor? And I when I use fuel, no pun intended because of the struggles with ethanol. But what seems to be the fueling factor for corn today? Today, I think really is a lot of fund activity. Um, we have some pretty significant uh, volume of shorts out there for the funds leading up to today. And it looks like um, after kind of the midday estimates, we see funds coming in and buying anywhere from five to about 5,500 contracts of corn back today. A lot of that is positioning ahead of this report Thursday and then the holiday weekend, wanting to take that risk off the table. So they're exiting um, quite a chunk of their short positions, buying those back today. And anytime we have big volumes of buying, that creates this positive movement. So that's kind of what's happening today. I would suspect we probably see a little bit more um, continuation of the evening, evening up of positions going into tomorrow as well. Um, but pretty much by mid-trading session tomorrow, I would say funds will have done what they're going to do. So I don't know that this was really um, uh, any like key piece of information changing the trajectory of the markets by any means. But it was definitely the funds wanting to kind of reduce some of that risk that they had on the table take some of those gains they've got in their positions and get even before the supply and de demand report on Thursday. Well, Heather, we do continue to see those poor ethanol margins and the trickle-down effect that they're having. How much longer can this go on without <laughs> it having some serious detrimental effects on this market? Well, 
you know, I, t I tend to feel like um, ethanol, knee-jerk reaction on what we're going to lose to ethanol um, re reductions has kind of happened in the futures market right now uh, for the time being. We've been trading around this concept that we go at least half of a year with no ethanol crush, which I think is a little bit unrealistic. Um, the ethanol industry is such a key uh, component, excuse me, component of the fuel industry that I, I tend to think we'll get further down the road and something will change from a regulatory standpoint to make sure that ethanol is still online. Now, with that being said, today, Poet announces that they are, you know, idling four of their plants. They're, Poet's one of the largest ethanol companies in the country, so that's a big deal. We've seen other idlings going on. So, from a future standpoint, I think we've maybe hit a plateau for now until we get some real solid additional closing notices. On the basis side of things, in Nebraska, man, we have already felt it. I mean, just insane um, amounts of corn basis deterioration um, has happened here in the last couple weeks. What I am finding, though, is on one-off occasions, an ethanol plant will call us looking for corn and will be willing to pay five to ten cents better than what they're posting. So they're still living in that hand-to-mouth and that two-week window as far as in-state goes. Um, but nobody really wants to stick their neck out there with a posted basis that looks better than anyone else for fear of getting their head chopped off, essentially. <laughs> so don't stick your hand out too far. Um, just stay in the two-week window. It's kind of where these locals are um, sitting, and that's kind of to be expected. Um, as we go through this planting window here, you may hear of these better one-off deals happening, you know, kind of off off the books. Hey, I want to buy 50000 from you. I'll push you this. That may actually happen more and more. But again, it's something where these guys are living hand to mouth. They're not getting super aggressive at forward contracting very much. So I think that that's kind of going to be the biggest change to us here in Nebraska is how do we handle commitments and deliveries to these ethanol plants going forward. And a lot of that is just going to be very limited hand to mouth. Here, I'm delivering this week. I'm delivering the next two weeks. That's probably going to be as about as far out as we can contract with these guys here for at least yeah, three, four, maybe six months. For sure. All right. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to take a look at some of the happenings that have been taking place in the grain market. Of course, we had the first official crop progress reports that came out yesterday as well as looking at the craziness in the livestock. Talk about a complete 360 turn. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Continuing our conversation with Heather Ramsey of the ARC Group. Not a lot of attention as of yet, because obviously we're just looking at the wheat side of it. But yesterday was the official start of our, our weekly crop progress report. So it kind of goes, Heather, to those norms that we were talking about in the first half. And eventually we'll start to see some more discussion. But acre numbers, nothing's really been set yet in stone. That's right. Um, you know, as far as that goes, the planting intentions are always an interesting report, as we saw. Um, there's still quite a few acres, though. I'm getting questions from clients and just, you know, other farmers in general. What should I do? I've got this 80 or this quarter that I'm thinking about switching. Honestly, here, my opinion here is that you've got to do what makes the most sense in your operation. Yes, it's important to look at the market and does this pay or does that pay. However, um, trying to crunch those numbers on corn or beans right now 
can't really justify planting either one of them. <laughs> and I, I jokingly say to my clients, well, maybe we'll just won't plant anything. And um, yeah, sometimes they don't laugh as much as I think they should. But um, with that being said, what I've been trying to tell people is look at, you know, what works best with your operation. Is it more important that you look at logistics of timing of when you can get things done? And so therefore, hey, it's easier. I'm going to flip this quarter to beans. Um, is it something that, you know, you've got really low um, input cost is the thing that you're looking at? I think each one of those decisions on those outlier acres is very, very farm specific. So there's no generalized recommendation, hey, do this, do that. It's just not possible. And I think with that being said, that leaves a lot of opportunity for these planting intentions acres um, to switch before we get to that final report, June 30th. Um, and I think we see that every single year, some, some acres that always get flipped around and changed up a little bit. This was a very aggressive planning intentions report. And I think it kind of just depends on the weather on how aggressive planting gets um how fast can we put corn in the ground will that just lead to more corn um so there's a lot of things up in the air but i to your point i'm excited to get some progress reports out there so we kind of know where we're at i know down in my neck of the woods here in thayer county uh, we're definitely gonna be rolling here real quick um lots of field work has happened so we're getting close so one other area that a lot of folks are talking about, and it goes back to our ethanol discussion as well, is is what's going to happen with OPEC and, and Russia. And really, Heather, is that and how much of an effect will it have on us here in the U.S.? So that's a huge piece of this puzzle that, um, as far as corn pricing goes, we all know is really, really important because it's important to ethanol. We've seen a very, very small rebound. I think I, I saw crude prices get back up into that $26 range. Um, so it's a teeny tiny rebound in the grand scheme of things. Uh, the corn market didn't reflect that at all because it really wasn't enough to change the ethanol uh, margins by any means. If something were to happen and Russia and OPEC would agree to a reduction, it's also going to force the U.S. to participate some way, shape, or form. Um, I've got an opinion on, on whether that's viable for the U.S. Um, it would definitely stabilize where we're at and help put some premium back into crude and back into ethanol, which in turn makes it more feasible to you know, grind corn for ethanol. So the ethanol side of the business, the corn side of the business, desperately needs something like this to happen. Whether it actually will is definitely up to more of the personalities in the fuel side of the business. And I, I'm personally doubtful, but um, it's something that we really need to look hard at and that the ethanol and the corn side of the business needs to look hard at supporting as well. Talk about a turnaround Tuesday in this livestock market. What are your thoughts on the limit up trade we saw today? <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, um, one of our fellow advisors, he does a lot of hogs and cattle. And um, he summed it up best in his morning commentary. He ended his commentary to say, NPS, if you haven't realized I'm on an emotional roller coaster, um, I am. <laughs> and no, the market is taking a roller coaster approach to this thing in the last two weeks. The emotions are high on this. Um, it feels like uh, there's going to be a reckoning as far as the cattle industry goes. At some point here, it's definitely grabbed way more attention nationally. What's going on between, you know, futures market, packer prices and margins and things like that. So, 
Um, it's a very emotional game. Uh, the one thing I've learned the most in this marketing and risk management business is that we've got to be able to take the emotion out of it to make smart decisions. And so as best as can be done, that's what we're trying to talk to everyone about, not just you know the commodities, the, the corn and bean guys I work with, but the livestock guys as well. We've got to try and take the emotion out. What's the best way for folks to reach you, Heather? Um, yeah, I can definitely give me a holler anytime in the office. That's 402-484-7474. I'm extension 125 or check us out at agriskconsulting.net. All right. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. You can check it out as a web a podcast through our website at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe for your free podcast and on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.